You thought that was funny. You were laughing like a hyena when he said it. What the hell is wrong with you? There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Don't talk to me about that, Brett. Uh, good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to Friday. Uh, it is the morning sickness. It's 545. My name's John. There's Brady. There's Brett. There's Big Dick Toledo. We're off and running and ready to go for a glory. Well, not so glorious. I had a cruddy night. And I knew it yesterday, Brett. Remember yesterday when you said the Steelers were your lock and I just yeah. looked at you? I just looked at you and I said, you. And what did you say? You said, I'm no mush. Oh, you're the mush, all right. You did that. You This was you. Maybe it was you because no. you've taken them, too. You. Of course even. I take them. They're my Don't team. Even. I take them. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. That's all right, enough. All right. I've done enough yelling at people over that stupid Steelers team for the last 24 hours. Welcome this to is the your land fault. of Trubisky. Man, oh, man. I've seen him play. He's gotten worse. Yeah. That was rough. That was a rough one. And uh, Bill Belichick would... Uh, I Mike Tomlin will be in... Uh, he'll be in a casket, and Belichick will be delivering the eulogy, and somehow or another, still beat him. I, I don't know how. To, it's just it's ridiculous. Belichick owns that team. Sons of bitches. That's all right. Football is uh, just a fun distraction, except for last night. Everyone out. <laughs> Remember that four leg uh, receiving? Oh yeah, how'd you do? Ahead? Did you get it? Two for four. Oh, because the, the Patriots guys did. Friar move. 16 yards. You tried to go over? Yeah. Yeah. Always pick the and under. Pickens uh, was 19 yards. I just needed 40 out of 27 out of Firemuth and uh, yeah. 40 out of Pickens. And we said go under, under, under. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. I think my friend Doug hit it. He had all those unders. Yeah, it was a rough game. I, I warned you yesterday that that would be a boring, awful game to watch. And I could not have been more correct. That was a rough one. And then it tried to get kind of fun. But not because anybody was playing any good football. It just was ugly. And then, of course, the referees get involved again with the head bob false start. I've never, I've never, it's never, that been, was ridiculous. It's, it's never been called before. Not that that's an excuse because the Steelers blew the game, but I mean, they involve themselves when the game gets interesting. Didn't make any sense to me. It's like that's the center is always dropping his head and lifting his head. And that, somehow that's a false start, but I don't know what you're going to do. Uh, it doesn't matter anymore. There's only three good teams in football now anyway. And one of them might be uh, coming back. They're the 6-6 six and six Bills. But I saw the article this morning that Sean McDermott had to apologize. This is a great apology. This is just a great thing. Sean McDermott is the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. And for some reason, one of his pregame speeches to motivate the team and let them know about cohesiveness and unity and all that, it was last year. It was actually two years ago, 2021. He gave a speech about, you know, how the guys from 9-11, the terrorists, had to be all on the same page to make that work. You know, even when you're doing a terrible thing, everybody's got to be on the same page. And if you want to execute a single event, everyone has to be working in concert with each other. Well, however that got out, it, some guy reported, you know, an article on Ty Dunn is his name, uh, an article that he published that says uh, plans on addressing 
Uh, Sean McDermott has to address this with his team in the media of him using the 9-11 terrorists being, uh, you know, one solid fist in order to get done what they wanted to get done. Is he wrong? I'm pretty sure that there's one thing we can say as much as we hate it. They had a plan and it was executed fairly well, save for one plane. I mean... You could say the example, maybe a little. Just why you got to go there, not yeah. sure. But yeah. if he's talking about, you know, if you're trying to do something as a unit, you have to all be on the same page. Well, he's going around with this big apology thing. He said, uh, sorry, I did that. I, he said the hijackers were all able to get on the same page to orchestrate their attacks to perfection. Now, when you think about football, all it is is war references. Aerial attack, ground attack, uh, you know, the gridiron and all that. Everything about it is is war-related, uh, strategies and plans and all that. So why not just take a war event and say, look, it might not have been the prettiest thing in the world, but those 9-11 attackers seem to be of of like mind. They were single-minded. He'll catch similar heat if he, you know, chose. I'll go with a more modern one. But if he went with it, when Hitler put the strategy together with this, right. they're all on one page. Again, you're going to Pearl catch Harbor. Heat. Pearl yeah, Harbor was Pearl Harbor. anything that happened to us. But would we celebrate it if we said something like, uh, you know, our D-Day attack was, you know, bloody and messy, but everybody had the same goal. It's like that's still awful. It's still an awful war attack, but it was in defense of the the greatness. I, you know. I don't want to tip my cap. I don't want to marge shot anything to 9-11 or the Al-Qaeda, but you got to give it to them. It took some planning. You know, there were some, probably a few pages that were like, nah, we can't do that. Like, they had to actually go over some stuff. And I go, right, you're going to be in Boston. They had, to, they had to arrange flight school. I mean, this was definitely, if you talk about the planning process, <clears throat> kind of impressive. <laughs> kind of an impressive attempt. And years of planning. Absolutely. Kind of uh, that. Now, if you're a football coach wanting to go to the Al-Qaeda playbook and say, hey, we're going to be a lot like Al-Qaeda out there this weekend, <clears throat> eh, probably not the best move. But how come two years later it's a problem? Oh, yeah, because everything's a problem. I forgot. Nobody does anything and says, well, you can't do that. That was, I can't believe you did that two years ago. Nobody's got the capability of getting over anything. Like, if I heard that, uh, you know, Brady gave a speech at a school of little kids and stuff, and he said, look, we're about there. We're, we're going to go out there and, and kick the living crap out of this other team. We're, we're basically Al-Qaeda, and they're the trade centers. I would laugh and be like, all right, because that was mission accomplished. I mean, <laughs> why you'd go there, I don't know. But I don't think two years later I'd be mad about it still. I'd be like, geez, that seems weird. And then maybe ask Sean McDermott, and what's with the 9-11 pep talks? Just to make sure he's still on Team USA. Because then if he follows up and goes, oh, thanks for asking. I uh, I really admire 9-11 and uh, what Al-Qaeda accomplished. Now we got a problem. I wonder if it was a discussion earlier that day or that week where some guy was yeah. telling him, you know, that thing was or, amazing how they did and what the details they <laughs> went in was. Oh, that was. Look, enough you know times what? passed where we can sit back and say, Oof. look, uh, Hitler, uh, not a great guy. Yeah, it's a, a few, yeah, yeah, it's pretty. That, that's a pretty accurate a uniform statement. I think uh, broad, but yes, most people would agree. He had uh, he had a lot of people on his side there that were doing exactly what he wanted, 
They got things done lickety-split. Ask Poland and France. So can you say he was a bad planner, too? No. I know we want him to be terrible across the board. One thing Hitler was, was a meticulous planner. If in, Think about it. Germany's about the size of Arizona. Almost owned the world. That's pretty impressive. If we got all of Arizona together in a day and said, guys, got an idea. Let's take over the planet. And then we almost do it. That's good planning for a terrible uh, event. Now, I don't know that Coach Clark over there at Dobson was ever quick <laughs> to throw in. Shoot. Flipping Hitler. That guy knew how to plan. I like to like to break down my game plan the way Hitler broke down taking out Poland and France. Quick, swift stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, bad things are well planned. That's why they work. Not I'm necessarily sure. motivational. I mean, it might... <laughs> He does have an issue with that. But it's two years ago. If I'd heard any Universities and their market, marketing department or what have you, where they're talking about how oh. the propaganda and the, you know, during that time, what the Nazis did, George Goebbels. Yeah, Goebbels, yeah, he was a, uh, he's a dude who got things done. He had a good group of people who got things done. Now they were aiming the wrong way. Of course, we miss everything. The news should get... Uh, Amy, yesterday, we were talking. She goes, did you watch the news last night? And I'm, no, I missed it. And this was two nights ago. She goes, did you see anything about the UNLV shooter? Which is a professor who evidently just didn't get the job. That's scary as hell. You got Now you got to hire everybody or they're going to come shoot up your business. So he doesn't get the job. On the news, they interviewed somebody who witnessed the attack. And it's the UNLV running rebels, right? In the background of the shot... Of this guy talking about someone who's wandering through the school shooting. There's a billboard that says, Rebels get it done. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's not a good angle. Probably shouldn't have probably shouldn't have put that in the background so clearly and so crystal. But that's when you get into trouble with all your mascots being rebellious, antisocial, um, you know, attackers. Because that's what you want your sports teams to be. I mean, we've got the commanders. We've got, you know, all these teams... <laughs> Are designed to be, you know, anti-good, go-get-em guys. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. Sports is supposed to be uh, that. But, I, yeah, you can't get in trouble for a 9-11 speech two years later. I just don't think you can. Unless, of course, it's continuing. If he said, you know, DeMar Hamlin laid down on that field like all those people in the rubble at 9-11. And remember, he was resurrected. Much like Allah, and all right, Sean McDermott's got a theme here, and we don't like this very, this is bad. As the great Muhammad Ali once said. (laughs) But yeah, I don't understand how come it's a problem today, but McDermott's, and now the apology And if you would have finished it, we're like, win one for Atta. (laughs) Who's Atta? Is he a thing? Muhammad Atta. Oh, oh, geez. Going after an actual individual who floated the plane. Now you got something. Yeah, if it's a theme. A pattern of behavior. We've missed that in this society now. It's Now it's one and done. We're in single elimination words. It used to be a pattern of behavior. Be like, hey, wait a minute. I've heard you say that N-word about nine times now. I'm pretty sure you're cozy with it. We got us a pattern of behavior. Now you're telling me who you are. You give me one 9-11 reference going, well, I'll tell you this. They were well planned. That doesn't make you a bad guy. You're just stating the uncomfortable obvious. Yeah, but if Sean McDermott's like, Josh, I need you I need you out there. I need you to be my Bin Laden out there on the field. Like, wait, Coach, you're doing this too much. One time, all right. Not every you got to give a motivational speech every week. Uh, you're going to slip up. And they're not all going to be home runs. 
tired of the Hoosiers. I'm tired of the Gipper. <laughs> hey, the uh, Gipper thing don't go. Who can I Lombardi, talk to? What does no, this generation relate to? Uh, oh, those planes going in that building seem to be quite a memory. Yeah, so he, you know, he's not going there every week. The guys, we get it. We love Al Qaeda, coach. I think he just goofed one day. But the apology tour, I'm curious to see now that it's come out and now it's a headline on a few different news sources. Is Sean McDermott's apology is going to be okay or if they're going to continue to harp him like, why would you do that? And it is a reasonable question to ask, why would you go there? They'll continue. And again, all he has to do is go, I don't know. I was kind of out of ideas that week, and I really was trying to get the cohesive unit together, and I thought to myself, what do they know that was a cohesive unit in an attempt at an attack? Because that's what I keep using the word attack over and over. And These guys, you know, attack, Seal Team 6, I don't... You know. Seal Team 6 is a good one, but maybe he's, maybe he's drained that well. Maybe yeah. he's gone to Seal Team 6 in the killing of Bin Laden. And by the way, as good as that was, got a little clumsy. We threw a helicopter at the house first. Miss something, something. Check out Homework's Morning Sickness Podcast at 98kupd.com. Homework's Morning Sickness. That wasn't the most, uh, you know, crisp operation. They just, once they got it down, it's like, let's get in there. I've watched the movie. That second helicopter was no treat. That thing was kind of, and I don't know how everyone inside didn't. I know for a fact if a helicopter crashed in my backyard... I, I'd have Plan B in operation. That wasn't like people Luckily, sleeping. they're in the neighborhood that it happens every now and then. <laughs> right, like, Must have been. No, I don't know. One siren didn't. I mean, if we're going to talk nine eleven in the aftermath, can we talk a little bit about SEAL Team Six's crashed airplane in the middle of the night? And that one neighbor opened his eye and said, "I got to call the cops." Like there isn't a cop in sight. Do I need to check it out? No. Yeah, nah, Stay. go back to bed. Get the goats. Put them inside. We'll go back to bed. The goats, are they hit by the plane? Nah, nah that's been Laden's compound. And maybe that was it, because also you, I'm pretty positive. They knew. I'd be aware of Bin Laden's presence if I was like, I knew this day would come. They're throwing helicopters at his house. Well, you'd think the neighborhood safe with Bin Laden living there. All maybe his, there's all that. His people, you that know? comes from the mind of a guy who loves the mob. I mean, I'm just the saying. The closer you are to the Godfather, the better off you probably are. <laughs> Although, there is going to be a day. There is a day. Absolutely. There is going to be a day, and that was it. You can have the corner of the bigger compound. Stay there. <laughs> right. But people were, in the movie, people were asleep. I ain't sleeping through a helicopter crash in my yard. Not to say I've got a Bin Laden-sized compound. One can dream. But uh, a pretty decent yard. You could land a helicopter in it. if it, Even if it, like the, that helicopter that went over my house that night. I went outside to see. I, the ghetto chopper goes by sometimes. Shakes I go outside. your house. Yeah, Pretty sure even though they're stealth, they're rumbling and bumbling into your yard. So, yeah, let's talk about that operation if we're trying to motivate the Bills' defense to be a little bit more, you know, cohesive. (laughs) Maybe he was trying that. We're like SEAL Team 6. All right, coach. We talk about SEAL Team 6 all the time, man. That's enough. All right, who else? What about Al-Qaeda? They were pretty organized. He just, he reached into the bottom of the idea barrel and pulled out a bad speech. Two years later, some reporters like, I heard you did that. And Sean McDermott's got to go through and apologize to everybody. Did it work for him? Yeah, that's the thing I didn't read in the because, article. Did, did they, they win that away? game? Because they were, that was 2021. That was yeah. a powerhouse of a football team. So maybe that was working. Maybe he, maybe he found that his team responded pretty heavily to Al-Qaeda talk. Or did they respond like, no, I think it was an inside job. They had help. 
Maybe. It just didn't kick in. And then he would, and if I'm a good coach, if I'm a good coach and my my players are like, well, I've read that the American government was in on it. Well, then consider the coaching staff the American government because we're in on it with you. And we're going to send your Al-Qaeda asses out there. We're going to crush those Bengals. Yeah, it turned into a fight. Yeah, probably. Anyway. His next speech, speech, ISIS, and then the following, uh, (laughs) I mean, come on. Yeah, I just... Everything. Yeah. Hamas had a, a very little. I mean, we're, we're we're running here on injuries. And everything. These guys took paper airplanes and, it, and they got it done. They got it done. Their goal was that music thing, and they got it done. Coach, that's insensitive. Still, though, they got it done. I mean, you got to admit, you can't sit back and act like it was an accident. Somebody was in a room with a five subject folder writing down ideas, and he got people on board. There has to be planning. There were, again, I've always made that joke that every time I drive on Lincoln Avenue, my phone stops working. And I think of those pictures every single time of Osama bin Laden in 2000 on one of those big brick cell phones in a cave. And my phone won't work on Lincoln. They were doing something different than us. They didn't have 5G. He was in a cave. I can't drive by Camelback Mountain on the north end without my phone. I have to tell people I'm going by Camelback. I'm going to lose you. How did they plan the attacks from caves with cell phones 22 years ago? They did. So tip of the cap. They had more bandwidth and better cell service than we did back in 2000. Even still. Had we had the summit, one of the questions I would have had was, all right. Uh, what do you guys want? And they'd tell us, all right, American, bad, whatever. Well, also, how are you guys getting all this cell service in those caves? Like, we can't even go under big trees. <laughs> you have, like, what kind of... Yeah, there's some other communication. Kind of operation you got. Yeah, but they always showed them on that phone. They used a lot of pigeons. I don't think that's accurate. I think that's what we want to believe. Well, then why show them on the phone? Show me one video of him releasing the birds. What's this... Show him and Mike Tyson in the yeah. cave firing pigeons out. And I'd be like, oh, they're using carrier pigeons. That would register in my brain. No. Osama's all. And if he wasn't on the phone, he's holding it. In case somebody calls in a cave. Can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ever see him with his hand over his other ear just shaking his head going, I got nothing. Nothing. Uh, let me go over to Bakov Cave. Nothing. So there are moments where Sean McDermott, and I don't want to, do, I don't want to offend it. So much, as much as I want to say, it was organized. It's like when Marge shot back in 1980, something said, you know, Hitler was a terrible guy, but he had a few great ideas. There's, you know, that isn't untrue. Now go walk Shotzi. Now that doesn't pick mean up his poop. I love, yeah, she had people to pick up her dog's poop. And we all understand she was a bit of a power hungry person, but power hungry people study other power hungry people. That's usually the way it goes. Most people in charge can tell you something about Hitler or Pol Pot. Most smart people will tell you things you haven't heard about horrible, despicable dictators. I sat with a guy from India once who told me everything I've ever wanted to know about Idi Amin, Hitler, and then he broke down Osama bin Laden so clearly I've it was unreal. And then taught me that 9-11 had... Um, America is not a smart country. I'm like, why? Well, do you guys think that 9-11 is because of your telephone code? Look up the happenings on the September 11th. 
back in the days of, and it's a religious thing, and he started to explain to me that September 11th has significance to uh, the downtrodden and all sorts of attacks that happened 700 years ago. And we don't pay attention to that. It didn't happen. And we weren't here for that. America's like a big solopsist nation. If, it, if, we, if we weren't there, it didn't happen. If it's not in our consciousness, it didn't occur. So why pay attention to it? But yeah, there's one thing you can say. Hitler had a couple good ideas. <laughs> I mean, he did. Now, I don't stand by his ideas that we all know about, but I'm sure at one point or another, Hitler said, why don't we get a ladder? Well, it's not a bad idea, Adolf. I'm, I'm sure in his life there's been a few times where he said, try this, and somebody said, thank you, that works better. It's still a thing. They were talking about that Lori Vallow, Daybell Vallow lady, yeah. Yeah. driving back from, because they had to drive her back from her prison cell wherever she is to here and the people that rode with her were like she was pretty nice i think we just want our bad guys to be forever bad guys we were taught that by movies like they're never like joke tellers or you know goofing around villains that they're always on point to being bad and they're always talking about murder and stuff and everything sometimes they're like look at that sunset like bad guys sometimes enjoy a sunset i think uh Penzone was one of the guys that was in on driving her back. Oh, he wasn't in on it. He, he wasn't. He, I thought he now. made the trip. He organized it. Yeah, he yeah, did. He put it together. Yeah, yeah he, and he did it. <laughs> Sean McDermott should know about this because I didn't hear much bad coming. That's from a new him. reference for him. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go to Sheriff Paul Penzone. I'm not sure if he was in the car, but but uh, I heard a similar thing that you yeah. know he was saying that. Oh yeah, she was trying to win everyone. You know, sure. just very. She's a chatterbox. Yep. She just wanted to tell and the, She's got nothing else going for her. <laughs> right. she got nothing to do. Gabriel says they use sat phones. Okay. Can I have one? If, yeah, call yeah, Lily. Phone, call Lily from ATT. Have She'll have one to have. have. Can I have a sat phone, please? You'll if, never drop a call. <laughs> it seems like this thing in Lincoln. And I have to be in my living room for some reason uh, when Doug Hopkins calls because Doug Hopkins always calls. He never texts. But when he calls... Uh, I have to go into another room because for some reason our phones don't communicate while I'm sitting in one room and he's in the other. It's one of one of the two of us, but I think it's me in that room because when I go into the other room, everything's fine. So from 22 feet, my phone just says, nope, not here, over there. Can I have a sat phone? Where do I get one of these? Maybe he bought, um, you know, the phone mostly focused on the photos and so for his TikToks and stuff like that. And Doug likes TikToking. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Sat phone seems about right. But I don't know what's going on. Someone had an idea over there. Uh-oh. Oh, jeez. For the, the whole pep Ben Laden thing. Pep talk su- subject. <laughs> <laughs> the reason nobody woke up when the helicopters crashed at the compound was, according to David Vasquez, that uh, the neighborhood Bin Laden lives in is uh, like the avenues in Phoenix. Uh, stuff's always popping off. <laughs> You think they were used to birds coming out of the... Ah, another helicopter crash. Another getaway. Yeah, Here boy. we go. Well, you know, that'll happen when you Our float place around. Our fine. Let's deal with it in the morning. Yeah. I don't think... Yeah, I, not one siren. That's the one thing I was like. SEAL Team 6 was, like, pretty awesome. I always stand by that. That was a pretty awesome maneuver and brave and all that. But you guys just threw a helicopter into a wall like Ozzy Osbourne was flying it. And nobody woke up in the neighborhood and called the... There were no police. 
David Vasquez might have a point there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, oh, more gunshots. Yeah. Oh, another like, explosion. The neighbors had to sit and go, we're moving to Gilbert. This is too much. <laughs> the complaints of the re- the length of response from the law, the 911 call that right. they called over there, whatever it was. 25 I mean, minutes. Right, right. I mean, we got to the central. The, the station's exit. two blocks away. The police force does nothing. <laughs> uh, yesterday, our friend Kevin at Prestige Billiards heard the people in a gondola screaming, call 911 as a hot air balloon crashed on his house. A helicopter? There was, did you see the news on the, heli- on the balloon crash? It's a sea of people hanging around. SEAL Team 6 throws a helicopter at a house, and people are like, I have to get up early for work. Huh? Somebody will fix this. <laughs> Crazy talk, but... What are you going to do? Sean McDermott has to apologize because he said that Al-Qaeda was organized. We don't like hearing that. I hate to break it to you. And also, shouldn't every news person ever be that has ever talked about 9-11 get in trouble for saying the well-orchestrated attacks of 9-11? Because isn't that the same thing? Here I am defending Buffalo Bills. Why? You had a tough night. I had a tough night. I'm just tired of people attacking dumb. Stop it. It doesn't make any sense that you would get this upset about that two years later. And if is anyone mad? Is anyone out there going, those attacks weren't good. They weren't well planned. They were terrible. Like, I think they were pretty well planned. Oh, you're crazy. Quit defending them. Like, uh, There's no getting around the fact that they had a pretty decent idea. We don't like the end result of it, but they were in a room getting stuff done. I mean, you hijacked several planes in a day. I hate your plan, but good plan. <laughs> you did it. It's like, you know, when Evil Knievel tried to jump Snake River. Had an idea. Didn't work out. Bad planning. That's what he said. It was a bad plan. I should have never gotten in there. It was stupid. We all think it was stupid. And then the I told you so aspect. I bet you there's a few of those in Al-Qaeda, too. I told you. I told you guys wouldn't get all the planes where you needed to go. I'm just, there's one guy back, that one dickhead that on the sat phone going, never going to happen. No way. You guys aren't pulling this off. I told you Trevor failed in <laughs> flight school. I don't know why you let him go on this one. I am so sick of Halach. All he does is tell us we won't get it done. I want to do it just for, for him, just to sh- prove him wrong. There's that one he has a 750, 750 win percentage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get something, something. Check out Homework's Morning Sickness Podcast at 98kupd.com. Homework's Morning Sickness. Now, speaking of schmucks, I, I don't know what's going on with the uh, Loserville tour. But I was talking the other day with Brett, the Corey Feldman, Riff Raff, Limp Biscuit, and now the commercials that we're running are a child. Yeah. It, it, and then they say, like, other losers include, like, if Corey... Feldman doesn't realize he's at dinner with schmucks because the whole movie of dinner with schmucks was, oh, we're all going to, oh, wait, we're all being made fun of. It dawned on the schmucks during dinner that this was a joke against them. I I have to imagine Corey Feldman is going to know that he's been invited to a schmuck dinner and about the third night into the tour, horrible problem. How is it not? How's he, he has to he has to be that delusional. He somebody needs we need to get Corey Feldman on the phone. I need Toledo to get his managers and basically say, Corey, 
You know, you know what? I, I've gotten to the point where I almost feel sorry for him. But I can't be the first one to tell him, hey, you realize that it's all a joke, right? Are you in on this or are you the greatest Andy like Kaufman ever? Fred's That's take. what I was saying. He's, he's, is he doing, has he done a 30 year unsuccessful joke that he just won't let go of? I mean, we were talking about it yesterday too. It's like the guy's never real. The only thing he's done that was good was Stand By Me. Yeah. No, nothing else. I mean, I like the burbs. Boy. Well, yeah, I mean, it was entertaining, <laughs> but, it's not, but it's not like great. anybody could have. One of our promo guys right. could have done that. He wasn't the reason it yeah. was good. And and in a way. Added element in the, uh, you know, his character and the Goonies, nothing. But again, big, but not the reason Goonies is good. There's yeah. never been a Corey Feldman thing that says, oh, without Feldman, that movie's terrible. Save for maybe Stand By Me. Yeah. Because yeah, he's really good in that. Yeah. All those kids were. All four of them were like, it seemed like a perfect casting mix. Outside of that, yeah, Corey Feldman hasn't done anything, and he's tried this Michael Jackson thing for 30-plus years, and uh, now he's on this tour with Limp Biscuit called Loserville, and I don't know that he knows he's he's being made fun well, of. Well, I mean, Fred Durst is really big on um, being bullied, and you know a lot of his messages on right. the song, so I'm wondering if he's... But but Fred's the guy, these guys in on all it. have been bullied throughout the years. Or- Fred's in on it. God, that's why Fred it, knows. It'd be interesting to ask him and what his take is. I mean, oh, we're putting together a good Coco I mean, the Florida gorilla Street. had more self awareness than, like, he would look in a mirror and see Coco the gorilla, and we all thought, oh my God, he's self aware. Like he knows that's him. He'll actually like move something on his head he sees in the mirror. That doesn't happen with animals. Self awareness is a human thing. It's a weird thing. Dogs can recognize dogs in mirrors, but they very very rarely look and then like straighten their collars because the mirror they understand the concept of reflection. <laughs> Corey doesn't. Do you think that was going on or he was already in the pipe when we were talking to him back saying, Hey, would you come out for our Christmas show? No, because the lady that it was a last minute the lady we were, we were talking to said, I'm not sure you have Corey's best interest Right, no, heart. but what I'm saying, when we were asking him back at that time, do you think the Loserville thing was already in the... Maybe, but they were real interested they in coming were. out until they heard the show and said, hold on a second. I don't think you've got Corey's best interests in... Uh, like, no. what's your angle here? So if he's Andy Kaufmaning this thing, he would have jumped all over our Christmas show. Corey Feldman's... Christmas? He's Jewish. It's even better for him. He's making money. Yeah. He doesn't know. This is going to end badly. This is on our side. (laughs) Riffraff is self-aware. Riffraff. I don't either. But I've looked him up a little bit. I'm like, oh, Riffraff gets it. Riffraff knows his reputation. Fred Durst knows people hate him. He knows it. And they still kind of like, well, you at least you know. I'll still kind of dig your live show. Well, the thing is, they even, end in a murder. They even know now. They know they were the laughing stock after the whole new metal thing died, and everybody hated Fred. I mean, he's going up now in old man outfit with the uh, the dad yeah. pants yeah. and the gray hair and the you know he's playing so the he's role. He's playing the role. Right. Yeah, he's owning it. Michael says Corey delusional, maybe because he was raped at a young hey, Brady to delusional. Well, <laughs> yesterday we. That's yeah, true. Maybe they'll ask me. Help him out in the dressing room. It makes me want to know what Michael Jackson did to this guy to give him such tunnel vision that it's, it's he's just, he's like a dog with a tennis ball. It's just I'm just going to focus on this one thing, and nothing around me will ever matter. He's it's going to eventually that's going to break, 
and he's going to snap, and we've got a Corey Feldman situation where he starts shooting up. This guy says you're obsessed with him. It's a train wreck. I know. I'm obs- I've never seen this type of delusion in my life. Somebody spiked his Jesus juice back in the day. Me, Dan Soder, uh, Big Jay Okerson. Like, I'm not the only one. Like, when you get involved in the Corey Kool-Aid, you have to, you have to watch to see what happens next. You cannot fathom the lack of awareness that this guy puts out there. It is unreal. You guys witnessed it when I said, please come with me. Worth it. Worth it. All of you. All of you. You. Brett. Mm -hmm. My friend Chris. All of you said, it can't be this bad. You undersold it, like I said. I undersold I'm like, I'm telling you, you have never seen human behavior this way. I'm telling you, you will not be let down. And I had my fingers crossed that it would be at least as good as the first one, and it was twice as good as the first one as far as his delusion and, and nonsense. It's constant. And I am going to be front row at this Loserville show, and I'm going to watch it. And I think, I'm hoping, this is the, the one that he loses it on. It's going to be one of the, I, this is a bad thing. It's going to be one of those deals where he takes his own life on stage. We're heading that way. It's scary see, to think. I'm, I'm thinking, he's got to be a featured deal. Like, if, if it's full band and he's got his set, you're, you're potentially right. He's going to do something horrible to himself. The day hopefully the, has better fans on the flags. Look to, flo- to fly. And- <laughs> the day he realizes, oh, they're laughing at me. He still doesn't. The day he realizes that, and then looks at his thirteen hundred dollar paycheck, and has to go to another town and get another thirteen hundred. But meanwhile, it costs eight hundred bucks from go to one town to another. He's not making. Any, there's no way he's making any money. You saw the Marquee Theater. Oh yeah, it was it, uh, about four hundred people that dwindled, dwindled down to about thirty five while Corey was on stage. But they told us that he doubled his ticket sales from the last time, right? Because he had a better <laughs> opening act that had a huge following. It was because and, of and us. Because of us, <laughs> we helped. There's no question. Sold a box set that night. That's right. And, and how excited were they that they sold a box set? Shocked. He pointed to me. You know. Oh, my God, that guy bought a box set. From the stage, he saw that I had the box set and made a, a point. Oh, my God, he bought a box set. It's crazy. But I, I personally think, and you'll hear the commercial here in a second, this is going to be the straw that breaks the comeback king's back. This is going to be it. This is, somewhere along the line, he's just going to have a moment of clarity and realize, I am the joke. People aren't laughing and having a good time. I, they're laughing at me. And it's going to end in tragedy. I, for one, feel no guilt at all for perpetuating this. But a Limp Biscuit should. They're putting him on two biggest stages. He's got to be on his own. It'll last longer if he's on his own. You put him in. It's like when when I say bring nuns to our show. Bad idea. You don't want to bring an audience of people that are going to make it obvious that things aren't good. Oh, it's bad. I mean, who 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 wouldn't want to see? Oh no, this nightmare. You have the video. No. On the comeback, comeback game. I am is nothing. If it's going to going to swing, better make it sting. When I was at Royal Blood, I turned to Chris Cotero, who a friend of mine who's a great musician. And uh, Royal Blood was destroying the stage, just wrecking it. And I turned and looked at him because he went to Feldman with us. And I said, you know, these guys on stage right now and Corey Feldman have the same job. 
<laughs> they both tell people, I'm a musician, a successful touring musician. This. Big opener. Boy, Fred's got some competition, man. <laughs> Loserville. And I'm getting tickets. I think they go on sale today. Yeah. 10 o'clock. Oh, baby. VIP. And I want to talk to Fred. Fred, you know what you're doing. Why did you do dinner with Schmucks, the concert? And it's so Fred is, and look at the lineup. Fred is the conquering hero. He's the coolest guy. He he's he's the coolest he guy he's in doing. the lineup. Like Fred Durst is the guy you're like, Fred, what are you doing with these idiots? Fred Durst is the guy you'd most hang out with out of all of them. That's impressive. Sean McDermott should talk about Fred Durst's plan. Now he got dinner with schmucks on stage. It's pretty amazing. Do the other markets know that, though? Oh, everybody's aware of Corey Feldman, the guy from the dark. got 80 people in each city he's gone to that know about. I'm not saying the crowds know, but they, when you hear the words Corey Feldman, you're like, what? And then you start watching it, you start laughing, and he thinks you're having a good time. Yeah, it's... Justin Hawkins from The Darkness does a podcast, and he did a breakdown of what he thinks Corey Feldman's The Joke's on Us. So he thinks it's a coffee. He's like, there is no possible way you can make these mistakes night in and night out and never correct them. And he's not wrong. But then when you see it, you're like, he's not that good an actor either. It's too real. It's happening. Anyway, it'll be here. When is that show next? October? August. <laughs> oh, August. All right. Sweater asses off, but <laughs> worth it. Uh, Got tiptoes at the end of January, my birthday, which will be nice, uh, and then August, and then if I check out at that point, uh, I'll have seen everything I need to see. Corey Feldman's stage meltdown over under is August. I think by the time they get here, the meltdown is happening. If he makes it through the tour, he could lose it before that. Nah, that's we, what I, we may have to fly to Chicago and catch oh, like one of the first three shows. For, top three shows is that'd be really, amazing. See, that's now that's what I'm, I'm rooting for him to discover the top three shows. This is bad, and then by the time they get to Phoenix, he's boiled down to just a puddle of Corey, and then he's on stage, <laughs> and he and he just does the stop, 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 right, right in the middle of Comeback King. Stop, stop, stop the music, and then they cut it off, and then he goes. I live in a world of Feldman sh- and then or just jumps off of something. I, it's, there's no question this ends badly. He's going to Gomer pile himself he's from Full Metal yeah, Jacket. He's going to Full Metal Jacket in front of us. And we'll all go, well, who didn't see this coming? Sean McDermott will talk about it in a few years, and it's, it, you'll see. Anyway, Loserville. Tickets on sale today. And Limp Biscuits never had a bigger draw. In Phoenix, at least. I hope it sells out in like an hour. I'll know why. I'll know what you people are up to. Let's get a wake-up song and not the comeback king. A good one to start off this glorious Friday. Uh, together, we'll scream it. It's 98 KUPD. Wake up! Arizona's most powerful, powerful rock radio station. 98 